The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hi, and welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, the straight-talking business show that's dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs like you to be more successful and more profitable. I hope that you're all having a very romantic evening inside near an open fire on Valentine's Day. Nice bottle of red wine. Wonderful. The shocking statistic is that 98% of all small businesses fail within the first 10 years. And the reason that 98% of small businesses fail is because having a great product or a great service is only about 10% of the way to being successful. There are lots of great products that fail and there are a lot of lousy products that do really well. To be successful, you need the right business model, a strong business plan, excellent leadership, a marketing strategy, effective advertising and a whole bunch more. Now, big companies could afford to have great people in all of these roles on staff. They hire consultants like me. They've got advertising agencies. So they have all of their bases covered getting the absolute best advice. But small businesses can't afford all this. So I try to balance the information on this program to give you small to medium businesses the best advice that I can that is simple to implement that can help you be more successful and more profitable quite quickly and quite easily. So this program is all about helping you, no matter where in the world you are. So I want you to contact me, write to me, email me, tweet me, become my contact on LinkedIn, go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and subscribe to my newsletter. Tell me what you think. Share your ideas and your criticisms, and if you've got any praise, I'll take that too, and let me know what you would like me to talk about. I met with the team at GrowThink, um, the entrepreneurial VC company in Los Angeles the other day. You might remember that I spoke to their CEO, Jay Toro, about how small businesses can raise capital, and I read an article in their newsletter that I thought I'd pass on to you. It lists the top nine tips for entrepreneurs in 2012. Number nine, keep launching, innovating, and growing. You know, a downturn is a great time to start a new venture. General Electric began during the panic of 1873. 
Hewlett-Packard was founded during the Great Depression. Microsoft launched during the recession of the early 80s. Disney, Oracle, Cisco and countless others began during very difficult times and reaped tremendous rewards for their efforts. Recessions provide opportunities for entrepreneurial companies because the big established firms cut back on innovation, growth, marketing, advertising. Don't you make that mistake. The key is to be growing your business successfully before the market comes back so that when it does, you've gained market share and are poised for fast growth. Persistence and optimism are critical for your success. When companies cut back on their advertising and marketing, it opens enormous opportunities for small businesses, small to medium businesses. And that's when you should really be taking advantage and also taking advantage of your competition down the road that has cut back because they're trying to save money. Number eight, maximize your time and resources. Now, this is a really important one for every business. You must take stock of your most precious commodity, which is your time. What are you best at? Where do you add the most value to your business? So if you tried something last year and it wasn't working, give it the flick. Just move on. Focus your energy and resources towards those priorities that will deliver the greatest return on investment for you. Learn how and when to delegate or outsource certain tasks and responsibilities. It's really important that you do that. Number seven, build and improve systems and processes. Now, most successful businesses are successful because they have effective systems in place. For example, if you walk into Macca's in Mexico City or you walk into Macca's, that wonderful Macca's in, in Moscow, you know exactly what to expect. So it's critical entrepreneurs build businesses rather than building a job. I know so many business people, small business people, who work their butts off 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and earn about the same amount of money they would if they were working somebody else, somewhere else and didn't have the responsibilities, didn't have the pressure, didn't have the liabilities. So make sure that you build a really strong system and processes in your company. Number six, build and nurture an in-house email list. Now, this is something I'm going to touch on um, shortly, but whether you run a dental practice or a restaurant or software company, social networking, it doesn't matter. Chances are that you could be getting more out of your website traffic. Building and maintaining an email list could be one of the best return on investment decisions you ever make. Number five, participate in online conversations. If you haven't already done so, and so many people haven't, start a blog, create an account at Twitter, sign up for Facebook, join LinkedIn. I've talked about LinkedIn before. I find LinkedIn is a phenomenal assistance to me in my business. So get online and contribute to the conversations about your industry. Get you press releases using PR web. 
get blogs out there. Um, I try to put up as many blogs as I can, and it's amazing what feedback and what responses you get just from putting up blogs. So be active out there on the online community. Number four, meet more people in the real world. Don't just sit yourself behind a computer. Get out there, join networking groups, establish relationships, meet people, discuss partnerships with, with firms in your area. And if you don't see a group in your niche, start your own. Get proactive, get out there amongst real people. It's easier to do business when you're looking people in the eye. Number three, get a life outside work. You know, it's very easy to get caught in the, in the treadmill of work, work. You need to take breaks, enjoy physical as well as mental relaxation. It's not only good for your health and the sanity of your relationships, if you've still got one, it's also good for business. So once you return, you'll be reinvigorated with a new perspective on your challenges and opportunities. Number two, learn something new. We must continually learn. Remember, Harvard Business School said that the main reason that um, companies fail is that only 11% of small business people continue to learn after they've finished college or their degree or whatever. So make sure that you continually learn, not only about your industry, but look at other industries because a lot of things that other people are doing can be applied to your industry. So it reinvigorates you too when you read things. I, I spend a couple of hours a day, I guess, online and reading books and, and really trying to find out as much information about as many subjects as I possibly can. And number one, continually update your business plan and your to-do lists. Update your business plan weekly, monthly, quarterly. I mean, the, the environment around you continues to change and you need to continue to change with it. You need to address initiatives that your competitors are making. You need to make sure that you're totally up to date with your business plan. Now, I found these tips to be pretty helpful to me and I hope they will be to you also. Again, today I'm devoting the whole last segment of the show to answering your emails. I'm finding that um, the email information is terrific and I'm getting great response. So, and if I read your email on air, you'll receive a copy of my book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, which is a 15-step guide to being able to be successful in any business. It's all, it's... Um, Case studies, very simple to read, very simple to understand, and it will definitely help you be successful. Um, Tim Draper, who the guy forced behind Hotmail and Skype and a number of others, said, if you read Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, your customers will come. And um, he's worth billions of dollars, so it's good advice. We also have a couple of great interviews for you today. A really good friend of mine, Simon Reynolds, who built up a startup to 6,000 employees in 75 countries when he was in his 20s. And my second guest is Tina Jordan, former lover of Hugh Hefner and one very smart entrepreneurial girl, also a good friend. Um, she's on in the second half of the show.
Over the past few weeks, we've been discussing dumb mistakes that companies frequently make. And tonight, I'm going to discuss another one. A few years ago, I was hired to consult to a major ferry company in Europe that carries 12 million passengers a year and has for a number of years. Now, we decided to do a major promotion for some new routes they were putting on, so I asked them for their email list of clients and their database. They looked at me blankly. They didn't have any. They'd never kept records of people they'd sold tickets to or had been on their ferries. So 100 million people had been on their ferries and they didn't know one of them. So today's big mistake is failure to capture your customers and prospects' names, addresses and emails. Of all the marketing mistakes to make, this has caused the loss of hundreds of millions of dollars in lost revenue every year. Yet it's the simplest mistake to correct. Why a company would spend thousands of dollars to get a customer in the door and then let them walk out without getting their name and address and email is totally beyond me. I don't know why, but 90% of businesses don't even bother to keep track of their loyal customers, let alone prospects. Your mailing list or customer database is your biggest source of lifetime profits. According to Forbes magazine, it costs five times as much to generate a new customer than to resell an existing customer. So existing customers is as good as money in the bank. More importantly, your existing customers already trust you and know you. They've bought from you and had a positive experience with you. Therefore, sales resistance is low. They're easy to sell to. Thirdly, they know you'll deliver on your promises because you've delivered before and you can get more money from them. You can get a higher price for your goods. When I consult in any business, one of the first things I do is ask if they have a customer list. If they do, then I know I can increase their sales dramatically in just a few weeks. To make a list profitable, recent studies show that you could con- should contact people once every 21 days and a minimum of once a month. So where do you look? Where do you go for help? There are a number of places to go, but... Um, want to mention to you one where for $2,000 a month, you can get advice on any aspect of your business um, within 24 hours on Skype, look the experts in the eye, and that's a huge assistance to any business who can't afford to hire um, very expensive experts. If you want to know more about that, send me an email to bob at bobpritchard.com and I'll put you in touch with them. If you want to know more details about the 15 keys that will guarantee your success, Pick up a copy of my book at your favourite bookstore. And don't for, don't forget, let me know what you'd like me to talk about on the program. Go to bobpritchard.com, tweet me, email me, contact me on LinkedIn, send me a bloody carrier pigeon. I don't care. Just get in touch and let's get these economies really moving again. I'll be back in a couple of minutes with my first guest, Simon Reynolds. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Business Radio Show. I really appreciate you being with me. Simon Reynolds co-founded the Photon Group, which grew to a staff of 6,000 and 52 companies in 14 countries. Simon's won almost every advertising in the world for business excellence. And he's not only a brilliant businessman, he's an accomplished author and speaker. Simon and I did a 46 speech tour together a couple of years ago, and we were together nearly 24 hours a day, so I can attest to him being one hell of a good guy. Recently married in Palm Springs, now a resident of West Hollywood, California, I've got Simon on the line. Hi, mate. Hey, Bob. It's great to be with you again. Good to talk to you. Um, Your new book, Why People Fail, has been a smash success here in the States. Uh, I saw you a couple of weeks ago talking about it on MSNBC. Is Why People Fail, as a story, a stronger lesson than one called Why People Succeed? Well, that's a very interesting question. You know, even my publisher said, is is this too negative? And I didn't think so because... The world's full of success books, but there's very few books on failure. The question is, why? I think that failure is one of the great taboos. It's one of the last subjects no one likes talking about or even admitting that they're involved with. And I think that's crazy because, as you know, Bob, you're a great student of businesses worldwide. The reality is that almost every great entrepreneur is constantly failing to achieve their aims, their goals, their objectives. And so it's about time that we, we took the taboo away from failure and discussed it and said, okay, what is it and how can we avoid it? Although if you have a look at my um, my CV, I've got pages and pages of success stories. I don't have one failure written on there. <laughs> and I've got a million of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, you and me both. What's the main reason that people fail? Look, it's a good question. I mean, in the book, I I talk of 16 reasons. Uh, And, you know, when you flick through the book, different people feel that one or two of those reasons really resonates with them. But I would say, generally speaking, 
that the primary reason that people fail is is lack of clarity and lack of belief. So clarity is you know understanding where they are in relationship to other companies, their competitors, understanding where they should go in the next year, understanding what are the most important things they should do each day. Most people aren't that clear about their business and about their own productivity. And that lack of clarity, clarity is actually incredibly harmful for them. And then the second is lack of belief, you know. Um, ultimately, you know, we can try and try and try, but if we don't deep down believe we deserve this wealth, this success, this happiness, well, I honestly believe we tend to sabotage ourselves at often subconscious levels and um, end up with, a, you know, not necessarily the results that we want. I had a, um, a gold medalist on a few weeks ago that um, uh, said that they won, won a silver medal in one Olympic Games playing the Americans and then won the gold medal the following Olympic Games playing the Americans. So four years apart, took the silver, took the gold. And they said the reason that they won the gold the second time was when they went out to playing for the silver, their view was we can't lose this game. When they went out playing for the gold medal, their view was, we are going to win this game. So from a can't lose, we can't lose, to we will win, they said made all the difference playing exactly the same team they played four years ago. So I think, you know, I I agree with you, unless you're 100% confident you can do it, um, and you're willing to take those chances and burst through and do things that, um, you've got to be different, don't you? You you can't, you know, too many things are commoditized. Dead right. And, and, you know, the reality is that we've got to work on our mind every day. You know, we're only human. It's inevitable, uh, being an entrepreneur, owning a business that, uh, or even working in a business that you're going to find that you get some really hard times. So I'm a huge believer. And one of the things I talk about in, in the book, Why People Fail is a whole lot of methods that you can, uh, little little systems that you can use to keep yourself feeling positive, to, to keep yourself believing that, that you can do it. And I think that that's really important. But to your other point, Bob, you know, about being different, you know, one of the reasons, you know, you're one of the, the top uh, marketing speakers and, and indeed authors uh, in America is because you write stuff, you say stuff that's different from the other people. So... If you were just playing it safe, you'd never have got to where you are. So I think you're a, you're a living example of what you've just been saying, the power of being different. And I've got to say, in my own career, uh, when I've had the balls to be different, and I haven't always, you know, sometimes I've played it safe. When I've had the balls to be different, generally speaking, seven times out of ten, it's really worked in my favour. Do you think that um, people... Some people are born with it and some people aren't. Some people seem to have a sort of a negative energy and no matter how much you say you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, that it never sort of cuts through. And others, I've met, I've met a lot of people with absolutely no talent who have this <laughs> unbelievable belief in themselves and, and, you know, have this positive thing happening even though that they, they haven't got anything to justify it. You think it's born? <laughs> Well, it's a really interesting question. Uh, whether it, whether it's born or developed in childhood, uh, I don't know, but there, I agree. There's definitely people that just bounced out of school with that self-belief. Mm. Did that come from their parents? Did it come from certain circumstances or, or sports teams that they were in? I'm not sure, but you know, there's a, there's a wonderful book written about 15 years ago, uh, by, uh, Dr. Martin Seligman called Learned Optimism. 
Yes, and yeah, that, that it, is a great book. Yeah, fantastic. That is. And yep. it, it really looked at uh, whether you can become more optimistic. In fact, you followed it up with another book called uh, What You Can Change and What You Can't. Mm. And it's very scientifically based. Uh, you know, what are we stuck with and, and what can we change? And look, his overall opinion was that we can become more optimistic. We can start to believe in ourselves more. Now, that's a matter of degrees. Maybe some people are born with it. I don't know. But I don't think I was born with it. I was very scared of failure um, mm. for the first 10 years of, of my career. Um, you know, I wasn't necessarily thinking about success all the time. But that was a good motivator for me. Mm. So uh, now I'm probably a bit softer and a, and a bit more... Uh, uh, I have greater belief in myself in, in many respects. But when did I develop it? It's, it's very hard for me to, to, to work that out. In the book, you also talk about weak energy. What what do you mean by that exactly? Well, you know, people don't talk about this enough. They say, oh, you've got to go to Harvard or you've got to, you know, know the right people or whatever to get to the top. But no one talks about the fact you need a hell of a lot of energy to get to the top. Hmm. And I was really struck by some of the research by the Human Performance Institute in Florida. And what they showed was that Energy, not time management, was the number one component in productivity. And that is having the energy to bring to the task in two ways, primarily. Physical energy. Uh, can you, do you have the resilience, the physical resilience to keep going year after year to create the business of your dreams or the career of your dreams? Mm-hmm. And the second is emotional. Are you emotionally committed? Do you, are you giving the company the energy it needs? Do you know, they, they, they say, look, People talk about the biggest problem in corporate America being absenteeism. Mm. The Human Performance Institute says the biggest problem is presenteeism. People who are present, but they're just not fully committed. They're not really there. Yeah. And, and I, that's true. We need to give both those energies our, our full power. And when we've got that strong energy, it's, it's an irresistible force. Tim Draper, who, um, as you know, is responsible for... Skype and Hotmail and all that stuff, um, who incidentally gave me a fantastic critique for the front page of my book. Um, he was saying that, you know, he's invested in some of the biggest um, startups and, and early stage companies that have ever existed. And he says the most important thing to him when he meets an entrepreneur is their energy and how enthusiastic they are and forgetting the business plan, forgetting all that, whether somebody's absolutely committed and will run through a brick wall and no matter what befalls them, they will keep going. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the guy's a billionaire and Draper Fisher Jurgensen is one of the great venture capital uh, companies in, in, in the world today. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's really interesting that he, that he said that. He's a great guy too, incidentally. Um, you also say that money obsession causes failure. Now, doesn't that depend on your definition of obsession? Because without a focus on money, you'll probably fail anyway, won't you? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great distinction you make. I actually uh, totally agree with you. Uh, the people who open businesses and aren't thinking about the money often end up with not much uh, money and not much business. So that's a dichotomy. You've got to think about money and be worried about the, the figures and, and be you know really looking for your next dollar all the time. But uh, John Kay, a British economist, wrote a brilliant book last year called Obliquity, and he showed that many of the biggest corporations, most successful corporations in the world, were actually founded by people who were driven by far more than money. 
Sure. They were driven about uh, by creating extraordinary products or amazing uh, customer experiences yeah. or, or just changing the world. Yeah. And, and some may say that's naive, naive idealism, but have a look at the economics of it. You know, you get, you get people uh, who are so enthused by their dream, by being about more than their money, uh, then that they create something extraordinary. And the great irony is they end up with much more money. Yeah. So that's all I'm talking about is I'm saying don't make money your number one goal if you want to succeed. So let's forget, you know, the morals of making uh, uh, money your number one goal for a second. Just let's talk about success. Time and time again, it's people with a bee in, in their bonnet about creating creating an extraordinary company or product that end up making the most money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've got an interesting thing that I ask my clients to do is at the end of each day at five to six or whatever time you knock off, sit down and make yourself a list of all the things I did today that actually made me a dollar. Because you say to people at the end of the day, um, how was your day? And they say, shit, I've been so busy. I've been working my ass off. And da, da, da. And then you say, okay, what did you do today that actually made you a dollar? And they sit there mm. and they can't think of anything. <laughs> so, I love that. I mean, you can work and work and work. And, and, and unless you focus on that dollar um, and prioritize yourself so that you're making money, then um, then you'll fail. Um, yeah. Your book was... Uh, just one thing, uh, uh, Dun & Bradstreet did a, did a research study a while ago, and it showed that the number one reason for business failure was low sales. That's it. They just didn't, people weren't focusing on getting the next dollars in the door. Yeah, that's right. I believe that. And your book's got 16 reasons for failure. Um, how many of these have come from personal experience? Because I don't, you know, you've always, I've known you for a long time, and you always seem to go from one success to another. Yeah, well, look, it's a bit like your CV, Bob. I mean, I honestly, I've had a, a million failures. You know, I've, I, at any one year, I've got numerous failures <laughs> in uh, happening at, at, uh, at any one point in time. I really do. I'm not saying that there's some kind of false humility. I'm constantly failing. And, uh, you know, when I look at those 16, I think pretty much over 10 of them, I, I you know, I've had in my life. And I think we've all had in our life, you know, that one of the things that irritates me a bit about uh, popular culture and, and, and business media is that we're always putting up the successes and the superstars and the 0.1% are, are making, uh, um, you know, the covers of these magazines. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you know, as, a, as an average person, an average business person can look at that and think, well, I'm nowhere near these people and... I must be bad. I must be ordinary. And I'm kind of on a one-man mission to explain to them that, you know, I've, I've met, as you have, Bob, some of the richest people in the world. And, you know, I've spent time alone with them and got them drunk. And I can tell you, there is extraordinary failure that's, that's happened sure. along the road to their success. And, and it's about time people talked about it. Yeah, well, we talk on this program about um, about practical things, and I don't try to interview the Jack Welshers and those people because to the average bloke who's out there battling and trying to build a business, what they have to say really doesn't help them at all. Um, you know, so I try to mm-hmm. get on people that are practical and and can tell, give me a tip that can help them tomorrow, and I think that um, yeah. I think that's very important in America. Oh, look, exactly right, <clears throat> Jack Welch, of course was the ideal guy to, to run GE. The question is, 
when GE started, when it was a three-man operation, yep. would he have been the right guy? Yeah. We don't know. And I think, you know, your emphasis on, on practical stuff that, that the uh, average business person can use to become um, superlative, well, that's a much smarter way to, to operate. Simon, it's great to talk to you again. Next week, we've got to be definitely on for that breakfast that we've been trying to organise for so long. Our our schedules never seem to coincide. Yeah, we're going to do it. And, and, mate, keep going with your your fantastic uh, radio show. It's It's an inspiration. Thank you. Now, go out and pick yourself up a copy of Simon's new book. Now, it's Simon, S I I. M-O-N, so there's two I's in Simon. The book's called Why People Fail. It's right near my book at your favourite bookstore. <laughs> and for more information, go to Simon, S-I-I-M-O-N, at thefortuneinstitute.com. This is Bob Pritchard. I'll be back with you after just this short break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show, the show designed especially to help small business become more successful and more profitable. This is the segment where we go behind the glitz and the glamour of show business, gold medals and all the tabloid fodder, and look at the real people, what it's really like behind the scenes. My guest today is a wonderful lady and a friend of mine who has enjoyed one of the most interesting lives of anyone I've ever met. Tina Jordan met Hugh Hefner when she was a loan processor. Medically involved, she moved into the Playboy Mansion, became Playboy Bunny, and a wonderful career took off. Tina is a really smart and lovely girl, as you are about to find out. Hi, Tina. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Show. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm great. Um, I don't want to go into all the tabloid stuff about living with Hef at the mansion. I'm sure that was fabulous. Um, what I'd like to know is what you got out of it. What 
what did this unique experience teach you about yourself, about life, and about business? What did you come away with? Well, actually, it's a very amazing question because when you look outside of or at the mansion, the Pilot Mansion, you look at the glamour, you look at the glitz, and you realize that that is exactly what it is. It's just a lifestyle. And I felt like when I lived in that lifestyle, I was constantly being pulled in directions and maybe to an extent that it wasn't really who I was as a person. I didn't feel like I was growing. I felt like I was just um, appeasing, you know, trying to get through the day, get through the next event, you know, all those kind of things. And um, I felt like I... But, you know, there, I don't know how to really explain this, but I felt like the real things that mattered in my life that I had before I became into, you know, this lifestyle didn't matter anymore. You know, um, you know, making a difference, sticking up for yourself, sticking up for others, trying to bring people up, build them up as you get up, you know, um, the free things in life, like laughter and uh, self-respect honesty, I just really saw that a lot of that stuff kind of diminished because we were just trying so hard to stay in the limelight and um, be a part of a public eye, I guess I should say. And I just saw so much competition with other girls, with other people, like, you know, who was, you know, closest to half, you know, how they wanted to keep their ground. When I um, was half's girlfriend, I just saw so many girls try to take my position, try to push me out of the way, a lot of things that just weren't really real. And I really feel like um, what I got out of the out of the Pillar Mansion is all the things that I thought that I would gain by having that kind of power, yeah. I already had before I got into the mansion. <laughs> and that, um, it was really, really kind of... I'm sorry? Is, is that really any different than if you had a job? Let's say you were working in a financial institution don't you have the same sort of competition and the same sort of backbiting and the same sort of you know jockeying for position there that you that you would is it any different really than any other job apart from the fact that it's in the public eye and everything you do scrutinized it's not honestly it is a full-time job just like any other place and you have this it's exactly the same i felt like it's so funny that you said that because i felt like when i was a loan processor um I was, you know, uh, I was, oh God, like sexually harassed in the copy room. You know, I was. People would make more advances at me there than they did at the Pillow Mansion. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of funny. I mean, it goes everywhere. It's not just. I mean, it's just not in one particular place where you think, you know, at the Pillow Mansion you would be, you know, um, you know, you you would expect it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I th- that, see, that's what comes with being hot. Um, <laughs> I, guess, I guess there's a stereotype out there that a, that a, a bunny's blonde and stupid. Well, you sure are blonde, but you went to college, business school and cosmetology, cosmetology school, and I'm actually talking to you now at another school where you've taken a break and you're, and you're learning, um, and you were working as a loan processor when you met Hef. So you, um, you are certainly smart. What lured you to the mansion? Was it Hef? Was it the money? Was it the great lifestyle? Or 
the opportunity to meet the world's most famous people, or was it something else altogether? Um, honestly, when I first, it was mind blowing experience. I yeah. just gotten divorced, so when Hef asked me to be his girlfriend, I really thought I could really be his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so it was an opportunity to, you know, to change my lifestyle, and being a humble young girl that is used to working for a living nine to five, and you know, willing and able to learn and have self worth. It was kind of a nice um, opportunity not to have to work. Yeah. And so going to the mansion, um, that was kind of like when has said to me, you know, Tina, you don't have to work. You get to be my girlfriend and you get to do all these traveling, this and that. And I thought, wow. But that was really funny because it was it was a full-time job. <laughs> even though I wasn't getting paid by the hour. Yeah. So. You know, I, I when I when I look at it, and you know, when we were talking about it, like we were in Vegas in Ari or something, having a few cocktails. Um, I remember that, um, you know, thinking and and going through all the people that you've met in the world. I mean, I think one of the great things about that I love about doing this show is that I get to speak to famous people all over the planet and successful business people, and you've met them all. I've met a lot of people, but you've met a hell of a lot more than I have, and surely that is a you know, in life, there's a lot more important things um, than um, than making money and, and meeting people and enjoying the company of all those fantastic people has got to be has got to be a really experience. It's once you know one in a million people get to experience. Yeah, from just honestly, like when I met first, I used to love The Sopranos. And when I met James Gandolfini, I was like, oh, my God, there's James <laughs> Gandolfini. Like, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, have kind of kept me on uh, a short leash, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I couldn't go and talk to anyone. And we were at the Emmys. And I, I had to go talk to him. And I just, like, took off on a beeline and, you know, met him. And I was just really fascinated. He was really tall in person, but just a really kind you know, fascinating person. He was just very humble and, you know, I mean, it's funny when you're a fan to a fan, it's just kind of really funny experience, but he was yeah. very gracious. Yeah. So you co you co-hosted a radio program in uh, Los Angeles on KLSX, and I thought you were great. Now, you and I have talked about doing a radio show together, so is that where you see yourself in the future, acting or in radio or in television, or do you see yourself somewhere else? You know, it's funny that you um, asked that because I'm trying to really, I love being a service to others. And right yep. now I am studying massage therapy because I want to give and heal people. And I'm trying to find a way how I can do it by just making a difference and just showing people that, you know, there's just more to books than what you see on the outside. Yeah. Uh, on the outside, you know, um, I think Judge Judy said it, beauty fades and dumb is forever. Yeah. And I want to be out there and I want to make a difference forever. I want to inspire people by showing them that, you know, how to give love, how to um, give compliments, how to uh, encourage people, how to stop, how to be a leader, how to stop, you know, bullying. And I see like bullying around the Internet. And because I want to be a mentor to these women that look up to me, I want them to stick up for themselves. I want them to have self-respect. Um, I just really feel it's really necessary that people out there just start, you know, 
being aware of what's going on around them and not being too shy and going along with the flow, but really standing up and sticking to what they believe in. And I think that's you know pretty much why I left the mansion, because I really believe in true love. I believe in honesty and integrity and all these things I was being pulled at. And I wasn't really able to share and grow. And I see myself in the future just, you know, writing my book, inspiring people never to give up. Don't sell yourself short, you know, because... Yeah. You know, you could marry for money and you're going to earn every penny of it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So what's the name of the book? And um, I know we've talked about this, but what's the name of the book and and what's it about? Where are you coming from? Well, you know, uh, gosh, can you hold on one second here? I haven't really come up with a title. There's just so many, you know, titles that I think of, you know, like... um, hot mess to hotness, or it could be vice versa, you know, (laughs) or Tina tells on the bunny tails, you know. Um, I don't really, you know, um, know for sure, but like part of a little thing that I, a little bit about what my book is about. I put in here, you know, life is funny, I think. There's so many ironic situations you can find yourself in, so many things you can learn from. Maybe that's why I enjoy life so, so much. Every day is new. There are so many blessings, and I realize that you don't have to become a basket case or a charity case. Definitely, I knew I had value as a woman. I just need to find my meaning, my purpose, my passion, some guidance, and some financial security. And what was I going to do? Um, there's a little part that I just wrote about my book, so I'm kind of yeah. sorry, Bob. <laughs> I'm like, right now, I'm like a little lost for words because I'm so passionate about this and about getting my point out, but... Um, I'm sure you'll do it well. Um, you, you're a great mum, and I know how important your daughter is to you. How do you balance a career, appearances, writing, going to school, all of the things that are involved in your life? How do you balance all that and keep yourself from going, you know, I think we all get home and from time to time have a couple of red wines and feel melancholy and think, where the hell am I going? Um how do you balance all that and keep yourself from not going nuts? Um, spirituality. I really ground myself in spirituality. Um, I really believe on um, on karma. You know, do unto others you're doing to yourself, and um, trying to be a service to others. Um, that's really how. What really I focus on is like how. Did I make a difference today? Did I do something for someone else today? Did I just think about myself? I mean, money comes and goes, jobs come and go, but, you know, your family and your friends, you really got to spend special time with them and, you know, um, let them know that they're they're number one. You have to live with yourself forever, don't you? Forever. And I have to like who I am when I look in the mirror. You know, um, one thing that I was telling my friends, like, you know, I don't want to have to think I'm going to have to die in order to live. I want to live every moment that I'm alive and and do things that I think that I would, you know, that I would, if I was going to die, what would I do? I would tell my mom I love her. I would call my friends, tell them I love them. I would probably want to jump out of an airplane, but knowing me, I wouldn't want to mess up my hair. But, you know, I would want to do all these things. <laughs> Okay. And I thought, you know what? Why not do that now? Like, there's nothing stopping me from doing that now. So I try to appreciate life every single day. Great. Um, okay. Final question: Who are the three most interesting people you've ever met, apart from me, of course? 
Of course. By the way, that was really fun in Vegas. <laughs> great, great. Um, so, I have to say, the first person would be Howard Stern. Okay. Um, I liked yeah. Howard Stern because he was really a genuine person. Yeah. And he was kind, and he was respectful, and he's just so brave to, you know, speak, you know, his mind. And yeah, I love him. I, I, he's just in his comic, you know, he's so witty. He's just amazing. I love that um, yeah. about him. Okay, number two. I mean, I think we all know Hugh Hefner is up there, you know. I mean, what right. he's done for um, for everybody for uh freedom of speech is just amazing. And I'm just, sure. that's what really intrigued me about Hef is that what it, what it, how many doors he's opened up for so many people. Um, and then number three, it's really tough because um, I know this is crazy, but I really believe in, um, I love to read and I love facts. And I've read a book called The 50th Law with 50 Cent and it was co-wrote with Robert Greene. Right. And um, I really wanted to meet 50 Cent. That was my first, um, you know, Book yeah. author I was really a fan of, and can you believe this, Bob? I visualized it, and he was the first person I massaged. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, how I, cool is that? It's just amazing, and why I like him so much is because he's had a hard life like me. He, his mother died when he was eight. You know, my father was had passed away, and my brother both murdered, and he never gave up. And you know, he is a, a outstanding person. He gives to others. He, he gives to charities. He he, you know, he's writing movies in London, and he's just, and he's an honest person, and he's like, to me, like, when he came to my house, because I just wore did the massage, he just was so genuine, and I just love the fact that, you know, he wrote a book and showed his experience and tries to give people strength and yep. street smarts, because I don't have street smarts, you know, um, living in California, it's not my street smarts, but I learned <laughs> from him, so he was a third person. <laughs> Tina, great to catch up with you again. Next time... I'm um, in Vegas. We must catch up again over a margarita and discuss the new book. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with Tina, send me an email at bob at bobpritchard.com and I promise that I will pass it on to her. This is Bob Pritchard and I'll be back with you after this short break. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. Coming to you this Valentine's Day. I hope you're sharing the day with that special someone. Due to the great response we've been having from you, the final segment of today's show will again be totally dedicated to emails and answering your questions. The reason this segment's so popular is that irrespective of the size of your business, no matter what you do, we all have the same issues. We all have the same challenges. It doesn't matter whether you're in retail, a plumber, a painter, or running an auto repair shop. So even though I might be answering an email from the, an owner of a company who makes window frames, the answer will most likely still apply to you in your business. And don't forget, if I read your email on air, I'll send you out a copy of my book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. This will give you the 15 invaluable keys needed to be successful. My first email today is from Eric McDonald of Pennsylvania who writes, Dear Bob, great show. Love your book. It has been a great help to me. My issue is that I have one staff member that is always late, is not enthusiastic, is always negative, and no matter how hard I try, I just don't seem to be able to get around to get him motivated. Do you have any programs I can use to turn this around? <clears throat> Eric, I hate to say this, but the only way to change people is to change people. Unfortunately, negativity is your employer's nature. No matter what you do, it is highly unlikely that it will improve. The problem with employees that are, that are not motivated and that are negative is that they're like a cancer. They really spread through your company. You've got to cut them out before the negative attitude spreads to the, to the staff. Unfortunately, you need to let this person go sooner rather than later. Give them a warning in writing. Set out your grievances, demand change, and then proceed to get rid of them. To be successful, a business needs everyone with the same passion and commitment, and it must come down from the top. Eric, it's up to you. Also, make sure you have everything in writing so it can't come back and bite you in the butt. Eric, since you already have Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, I'm going to send you a copy of Marketing Magic which I wrote with Brian Tracy, Jay Conrad Levinson, and Robert Bly. It's a great book, and I hope you'll like it. Our second email is from Janet McMurtry, who's a business consultant in Chicago. Janet writes, Dear Bob, like the listener last week, I too am a graphics designer and enjoyed your interview with the guy from Chicago. Sorry, I forgot his name. It is a very hard market for us right now. There is less work and our prices are getting squeezed to the bone. What can we do? I have already sent my portfolio out to everyone I can find. Well, Janet, it's it's not an easy thing to accept when you're under real financial pressure, but even in tough times, less, less than one good client in five buys based on price. You know, to 80% of your prospective customers, the quality of your work, your reliability, delivering when you say you will is much more important. In your communication with potential customers, stress these things. Even tell them they're going to pay a little more if they deal with you, but you are totally reliable. 
and things are certainly on the upswing now in the economy, so things should improve from here on. Another avenue you should consider is e-plants. For those of you who do not know Elance, it's a site where people go to find people to get work done. I often list on there. For example, if you wanted to write a book about elephants, you go onto Elance, you list the fact that you want a book on elephants, and you'll get 50 people from all over the world who want to write you a book on elephants. And it's remarkably inexpensive. It's great for graphics. It's great for copywriting. It's great for getting tapes dubbed. It's great for a whole range of things. So you should certainly list yourself in Elance. You could get a lot of work from it. I frequently use Elance to find services, and um, usually I get 30 to 50 submissions from people. And when you when you look at the people that um, send responses, a lot of them have done 50 jobs on Elance or 100 jobs on Elance. So that's 100 jobs you could get just simply by being out there. Janet, a copy of my book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, is already on its way to you. We posted it yesterday. My final email today comes from Sebastian Petralia of the Gold Coast in Australia. Sebastian runs a number of restaurants. Sebastian says, how can I get my customers to come back more regularly? A lot of people come once, say the restaurant's great, and then I never see them again. What can I do to get them to be regular customers? Sebastian, studies by a number of researchers, including Harvard Business School, show that 62% of all satisfied customers, no matter what the business is, never come back. And the reason is that when they come to your restaurant, they're entitled to be satisfied. That You know, that's what they're paying for. So why should they come back? There are a million restaurants out there who will also give them what they're paying for. So why should they come back to you? The only way to get people to come back and back and back and back, no matter what business you're in, is to knock their socks off when they come to the restaurant. You need to personally charm them, call them by name, offer them free drink, maybe give a flower to the lady, but make sure that they like you. Make sure that you're charming and friendly. Get their email address. Open the door for them. Thank them for coming as they leave. Sebastian, that's the minimum that you need to do. As in all cases when looking at customer service, put yourself in the customer's shoes. Ask yourself what would knock your socks off when you go to a restaurant. Now, we here at the Pritchard Radio Show are all about helping small businesses. So if you have an issue, a problem, any sort of problem at all to do with your business, make sure that you drop me an email and um, we will answer the best of them or a variety of them to give our listeners as wide an experience as possible every week. Don't forget, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, how to blitz your competitions, available at your local bookstore, and I want to hear from you. So visit my website, sign up for my newsletter, new newsletter due out this week, email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn, and tell me what it is you want to talk about. That's all from me this Valentine's Day. I look forward to talking to you again this time next week from my hometown of Los Angeles. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. 
Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.